Happy Anniversary Lighthouse Family! Yes! Salamat Panginoon! And salamat kapatid for being with us. 31 years ang ating church ngayong araw. We have every cause. We have every reason to celebrate the goodness and the faithfulness of the Lord. In all these 31 years, na binigay sa atin ng Panginoon. Sa mga bago po, my name is Pastor Giorgio Baldo. I am the senior pastor of Lighthouse Christian Community. And I would like to tell you a bit of Lighthouse's history. In 1990, our founding pastor, Chuck Quinley, vividly heard it from the Lord in his heart to build this church and to build it now. And obedient as Pastor Chuck has always been along with Sister Sherry, they started Lighthouse Christian Community. It started in a living room that then descended into a, an aerobics room. And pretty soon the Lord just started filling that place with worshipers, with people whose lives were being converted by the power of the Holy Spirit. And soon enough, we moved into the church house. And even that church house inside Ayala Alabang would fill up sooner than they expected it. And so by God's grace, we were given the Alabang Town Center Cinemas. And that is where I walked in, in 1999. Salamat Pastor Chuck, salamat Sister Sherry for the sacrifice, for the heart, for the passion, for the grand vision that you chose and you would always choose to obey. You have been convicted that everything you do and everything that you are will always be grounded on who Jesus is in your life. And because of that, countless lives have been changed. Pastor Albert soon joined Pastor Chuck upon the founding of our church. And Pastor Albert took on so many roles. Si Pastor Albert ang naging unang youth pastor ng Lighthouse. Si Pastor Albert ang naging unang Tagalog pastor ng Lighthouse. And um, by the Lord's grace and by the anointing, that always would mark the life of Pastor Albert. The ministry continued to expand and pretty soon, Sister Barbara was gifted to Pastor Albert and together as husband and wife, they led the church, especially when Pastor Chuck and Sister Sherry passed on the baton to Pastor Albert and Sister Barbara. And that was under the leadership of Pastor Albert that I also got my calling as a pastor. My life will never be the same again because of you, Pastor Albert. And so from my heart, from Rose's heart and my family's, we give our thanks to you for allowing the Lord to use you, for obeying the Lord, for cooperating with the Holy Spirit to use you in such mighty ways. Many of us, thousands of us, can remember those times when you, Pastor Albert and Sister Barbara, so obeyed the voice of the Holy Spirit and because of that, our lives would never be the same again. Three years ago, Pastor Albert passed on the baton to me to be at the helm of the leadership of the church. With much trepidation, Rose and I said yes. But by God's grace, the church is growing and the church is healthy, and it's because of you. I would like to thank you, dear elders. Thank you for your loyalty. Thank you for your steadfastness. Thank you for the love that you have for the people of the Lord. I cannot name you one by one, but dear elders, we can do what we do. The pastors can function the way we do because you've always proven to be the mainstay, to be good friends, to be our partners in ministry, to pray for us, to push us, to inspire us, 
and to be our friends so that we will always know this journey will always be fun and joyful despite the many problems and the challenges that would always come along our way. To my Lighthouse family all over the nation and the nations of the world, our Citygate family, thank you for being such kindred hearts and kindred spirits that for 31 years we were able to function together because we know God blesses the unity of His children. And let it be so. Let it be said of us for the rest of the generations that here in Alabang started a church that soon expanded to the rest of the nation and the nations of the world where the people that served in the church gloried in one name alone, and that is the name of Jesus, our Master. If there's one thing, mga kapatid, that defined our ministry for the last 31 years, it's this word called Love. This word called love. Ang pag-ibig ng Diyos na kung ito'y palagi nating pabayaang mag-overflow sa ating mga puso. We have so much to share. Hindi tayo mauubusan ng lakas. Hindi tayo mauubusan ng motivation or inspiration to do what God bids us to do. Because we are fulfilling the greatest commandment of all, and that is to love God with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our being, our might, our strength. And I pray that in today's service, once again, we will just be inundated, we will just be covered by the love of Jesus. As we look back at the 31 years that God has granted us, we can look ahead to the next 31 more years, to the next 300 more years, should the Lord tarry in His coming back. That in everything that we do, it is the love of God that carries us through. Shall we pray? Panginoon, salamat po for loving us. Thank you, Lord, that for 31 years, you have been the sole reason why we exist. You have been the core of everything that we do. You are the sustenance in every step that we would make. And so, Lord, as we look back now at the 31 years that you have blissfully and blessedfully given us. Lord, we thank you for being our Savior. We thank you, Lord, for our predecessors, our leaders who invested much time and talents and treasures so that your church would be the healthy lighthouse that it is today. So, Father, once again, soak us in the powerful, sweet presence of the Holy Spirit. Speak unto us, Lord, your words of life, your words that point us to the eternal life that we have in Jesus. And today, Father, our hearts are open, our ears are inclined to your voice. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Why don't you type down those hearty amens in our chat boxes so that we will know we are together in this online community. Even right now, our brethren, we are also worshiping the Lord face-to-face in our sanctuary. And there's much noise and there's much rejoicing as the saints of the Lord come together. I remember this story of Princess Alice of the United Kingdom. She lived a short life from 1843 to 1878. She was the daughter of Queen Victoria, if I'm not mistaken. But... At that age, at, his, at her 30s, 
she was already a mother of several children, and one of her children, a daughter for that matter, became ill with diphtheria. And the doctors here would affirm that diphtheria, diphtheria is one very communicable illness. It's a bacterial infection that can cause the collapse of lungs, that could cause so much respiratory problems with or in the afflicted ones. Hindi siya virus katulad ng COVID. It's a bacteria that infests the body. And if there's one thing that the doctors would advise the caregivers of those that are stricken by diphtheria, it is always to make sure that you keep distance. Hindi ko alam kung nag-face mask na sila ng unang panahon. But to make sure that this disease, that this bacteria would not be transmitted. Pero anong gagawin ni Princess Alice? Her daughter was lying there in that, in that bed, so sick, hard of breathing. And so, the mother, against doctor's advice, ika nga, she could not refuse the lambing ng kanyang anak. Mom, please embrace me. Please hug me. And so she took her little child into her arms. And she just knew that the life of her child was just ebbing away. Pawala na ang buhay ng kanyang minamahal na daughter. And in those last gasping moments, the child would say, Mom, please kiss me. Kiss me. And without regard for her own well-being, without thinking of her own safety, the mom could not refuse because out of her heart welled up this motherly love, this parental love for her child. And so she just surrounded her dying child with kisses. And soon enough, the child died and in less than two weeks, Princess Alice was also sick with diphtheria, which ultimately cost her life. Historians would now call this the kiss of death. But many people have been inspired by this narrative because it speaks of the quality, the magic, the power of love. Because real love forgets self. Would you agree? Real love knows no danger. Real love doesn't count the cost. But that's even human love, mga kaibigan. Ang pag-ibig na tao na talagang pag nakita mo in its purest form, you could not help but be in awe of how love can move people to do sacrificial things. But today, we're going to talk about a higher form of love. We're going to talk about what the Song of Solomon would say, many waters cannot quench love, rivers cannot wash it away. Song of Solomon's chapter 8, verse 7. Hindi kayang matanggal ang pag-ibig ng napakaraming tubig at hindi kayang dalhin ng agos ng pinakamalakas na ilog ang pag-ibig and so today, as we continue our sermon series on knowing the God of the Bible, we are now in the New Testament, and Pastor Jonathan did such an awesome job of expositing from the book of Luke last Sunday. Today, we move on to the gospel according to John, and rightfully so, I have entitled this sermon, The God of Love. The gospel of John has 21 chapters. Today, we're going to pick up or read from one or two verses from the 13th chapter of John. 
Will you read this with me now? A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. The Lord add blessings to the preaching of His Word. As you very well know, the gospel according to John has been written by the Apostle John as he was inspired by the power of the Holy Spirit. As the Lord breathed into the mind and the hand of the Apostle John, he started narrating the narrative of Jesus as he saw it, as he experienced it, as he felt it. Ang isang peculiar po ng title na ibinibigay ni John sa kanyang sarili is the phrase that says, He is the disciple whom Jesus loved. I haven't done the actual count, but if there is one repeating word in the entire Gospel of John, more than it was repeated in the other three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In the Gospel of John, the word love has always been repeated. And the phrase, the disciple whom Jesus loved, it has been repeated at least five times. When I was scouring through my Bible, John 13, John 19, John 20, John 21, verse 7 and verse 20. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Ang tawag dyan sa grammatical rule is the oblique introduction. Hindi pinapangalanan ng Apostol John, ng Apostol Juan, ang kanyang sarili. But he would use an oblique description of who this disciple is. Addressed in the third person. The disciple whom Jesus loved. Or the beloved disciple of Jesus. Does this mean that Jesus loved John alone? Of course not. Does this mean that John was taking away from the other disciples the privilege of also being called the beloved of the Lord? Of course not. Does this mean that God exercised favoritism? Na si John lang yung tinawag niyang beloved? Of course not. Because this title was not addressed by Jesus to John. It was the title that John assigned unto himself. Because if you'll go through the book of John in all 21 chapters, the writer, the Apostle John, would quote Jesus. Would quote Jesus several times how he loved. Jesus 11 verse 5, Jesus loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. You have John 13 verse 1, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Another version would say, He loved them to the uttermost. Hindi lang pang isang tao. Plural. John 15 verse 9, As the Father loved me, so have I loved you. If you'll go to the Greek, you, it's a plural. Hindi lang pang kay John the Beloved. Pero sa lahat ng kanyang kausap, when he was addressing the crowd in John chapter 15. In John 15 verse 12, the Lord will say, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Again, in the plural form. So it is clear that whenever you will see that title, the disciple whom Jesus loved, it was not an attempt by John to solohin lamang yung pag-ibig ng Panginoon and to be 
boastful about it. Magyabang siya na siya lang ang minahal ng Panginoon. Because it is very clear by the author himself that God so loved unconditionally everyone that Jesus came in contact with. So, let me give these three points probably why John wrote the gospel. Number one, he wrote the gospel of John because it was a first-hand account. It was a first-hand witness of Jesus' ministry and it became an unquenchable fire in his heart. Naranasan ng Apostol Juan ang pag-ibig, ang mga himala, ang mga salita, ang mukha ng Panginoon na nag-uumapaw sa pag-ibig. That's why in a related epistle, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, the Apostle John would, would refer to Jesus as somebody he, they ate with, somebody they touched, somebody that they fellowshiped with. It was so personal that when Jesus incarnated his life into the earth, he became a flesh. The Word truly became flesh. Because you see, in the history of Christianity, there is this group called the mystics who would try to contend that yes, Jesus is the Son of God and therefore God Himself, but they could not reconcile the deity or the Godhead becoming flesh. And so their way out of it is that they will say, so Jesus must have appeared here on earth, but He was just a mist. He was just a mist. Para lang siyang multo. Hindi siya tunay na tao. Nakikita, pero hindi naman talaga siya tunay na tao nakatulad natin. So in an attempt to dispel that kind of heresy that would dilute, na mababawasan ang incarnation ng anak ng Diyos, John experienced physically how it is to be near Jesus. Probably to smell the breath of Jesus. He experienced how it was to, to recline and just maglalambing siya during the Last Supper, sa balikat ng Panginoon. He experienced the joy of hearing Jesus' laughter. He experienced and he saw the ignominy and the agony of Jesus when he was crying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was real. And that first-hand account, that first-hand witness ni kanyang naranasan was an unquenchable fire that John had to tell the rest of the world. Another reason is this. The reason why I believe that John would not address himself in his name, but in that phrase, the disciple whom Jesus loved. I believe because John gloried not in his own name, but in the fact that he was loved by Jesus, the Son of God. So let me pause there for a while. Many people would really... Be ready to kill just to make sure that their name will not be besmirched. Just, just so that their names will not be hindi masira, hindi malapatan ng kahit anong dumi. Because it's always been the penchant of men since the building of the Tower of Babel. When the people in the book of Genesis would say, let us make a name for ourselves. Many people would glory in their names. And that's why no offense, man, just stating facts. When our politicians would, uh, would have these projects, even though it's not their money that was spent to build that road or that bridge, they would always ingloriously 
brandish their name there and say, this is a project of, mas malaki pa yung pangalan, congressman or mayor, and their names would be so emblazoned there because people, people will always be, have this penchant to promote their own names. But you see, for John, and for all of us, mga kapo mananampalataya, mas maganda pong ang ating tatayuan ay hindi masyado yung pangalang ibinigay sa atin because God, as He promised Abraham, God would be the one to make our names great. Hindi po natin role yun. Hindi natin kapangyarihan yun. Hindi yun saklaw ng ating panawagan na palakihin natin ang ating mga pangalan. Si Lord ang magtataguyod sa pangalan natin. Our role is to glory, to bask in the truth that we are the beloved of the Lord. Na kung meron kang identity, kapatid, na tatayuan in the midst of this fast-changing world when the very identity of the word of the children of the Lord is being assailed. I pray along with John, we can say, I am the beloved of the Lord. You can fill your name in it blank and say, Jojo, or your name, Rose, or June Rupa, or Jonathan Aranton, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And that will be our glory. That will be our honor that God has bestowed upon us. Thirdly, my friends, it's the love of Jesus that was the force that constrained and controlled and moved John to write the gospel. Sa kanyang mga naranasan, John was there when Jesus Christ walked in water. John was there when Jesus Christ taught the Beatitudes. John was there when Jesus rebuked the winds and rebuked the, demon, the demons out of the demoniacs. He was there at the foot of the cross when everyone else fled. Si John lamang ang kaisa-isang disciple na lalaki na nakatayo sa harapan ni Cristo as Jesus was gasping for breath in the cross of Calvary. It was to John that Jesus turned over his earthly mother Mary. Woman, behold the son, son, Behold thy mother. It was John that experienced all of this. And according to history, it was the Apostle John alone that did not suffer such cruel death. It was John that lived a long life. And it was John unto John that God entrusted the book of Revelation as he now spoke and wrote about what God showed him, the visions of the eschaton, the last days, kung ano ang mangyayari. The love of Jesus constrained him. It did not consign him to a quiet corner. He wanted to tell the world about it. And I pray, my friends, I pray, Lighthouse family, that as we celebrate our 31 years, this will be the driving force in everything that we do. The love that we experience from the God of love, the God as portrayed by John the Beloved, will be the same force that will wake us up in the morning to tell the world about this love that we have been enjoying so that the rest of the world shall come to the saving grace of our Savior, the most loving one. And so having laid it down, the context and the authorship of the Johannine epistle, the Johannine gospel, for me, I'd like to put my framework through four questions in today's preaching. Apat na tanong nasisikapin nating sagutin through the Gospel of John with some references with other verses that are not found in the Gospel of John. The first question is this. 
When we talk about love, my friends, the first question is, where did this love come from? If we know kung ano ang origin ng pag-ibig nito, na napakadakila, we will have a better appreciation of the love that we are now enjoying. Agree? Ang pangalawa po is, what makes this love unique? It's a second question that we will belabor to answer today through God's Word. You see, the world is such a... Um, we, we just hang on to every loving phrases and taglines and memes, whether it's in the movies or in the social media. The world is so enamored with love. We are so in love with love. But when, when we talk about the agape, the God kind of love, what makes agape unique from the eros love, from the phileo love, from the storge love, all these other kinds of love that we have been taught through the years? Third question. We'd like to endeavor to answer this question, how was this love fulfilled? How was this love experienced? How was this love used or implemented by the Lord for the completion of the redemptive historical narrative of God over mankind? Sa kanyang pagpupursigi na tayo ay maridim at maibalik sa kanya, how was this love used to fulfill the commands of the Lord? Third question. And the fourth one, how was, how, what does this love oblige us to do? Which is the imperatives. Ano ay nang gagawin natin pag nakita natin muli at mapanariwa sa atin ang kagandahan, ang kadakilaan ng pag-ibig ng Diyos? So stay with me, just four questions, and we'll go through this quickly. First question, where did this love come from? San ba galing ang pag-ibig nito? One of the songs that my mom would always sing. My mom celebrated her 80th birthday just a few days back. And one of the songs that I would often hear her, na paulit-ulit niyang dinadownload or piniplay sa YouTube, is the, the love song of the movie Love Story. The song that says, Where do I begin? To tell the story of how great a love can be. The sweet love story that is older than the sea. The simple truth about the love she brings to me. Sabi ng author, ng singer, where do I start? When you're talking about such a great love, when you're talking about such majestic love, a love that defies death, a love that defies reason, a love that is not easily comprehended because of its loftiness, because of its profundity. Sabi nga ng mga psalmis, di ba? Your thoughts, the vast sums of them, are just too impossible for me to fathom. Where do you start? And that's why that song would say, How long does it last? Can love be measured by the hours in a day? I have no answers now, but this much I can say. I know I'll need him till the stars all burn away. And he'll be there. Wala bang palakpak dyan sa mga comment section natin? <laughs> Pwede naman, di ba? Ngayon lang ako kumanta sa Facebook, ha? Sana hindi tayo ma-flag. Pero itong klase ng pag-ibig natin, it outlasts the stars. 
Itong klase ng pag-ibig that has been there from the creation of time. That is the basic answer to this question. Saan ba galing ang pag-ibig na ito? Let's start with the very first verse of John. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning. Diyan nagsimula ang pag-ibig na yan. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. Verse 4, in Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The very nature of God is that He is love. Everything that God does, mga kapatid, is a fruit as an offshoot, an overflow of His unchanging nature. That is love. Love is not just an affection of the Lord. Love is not just an expression of His being a God. That's why He is loving. But He is God. He is love Himself. He's the personification of this ideal. So when you're, whenever you talk about God, love is not just a concept or a philosophy, nor just an emotion. Love is God Himself. In the beginning, the Word would say, was the Word. Everything that He did, He did out of love. Nothing was made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Kung hindi niloob ng Panginoon, hindi mangyayari. And because of that love, in Him is life that was the light of men. When the Lord breathed into Adam the breath of life, and therefore Adam became a living soul, that was an expression of God's love for humanity that would now come out of the Adamic line. So that's why when Eve was taken out of the rib of Adam, the Lord would say, it is not good for you to be alone. I would make you a hazer, a uh, compatible help meet, a parallel energy, a parallel force that will partner with you as you accomplish the loving purposes of the Lord in this part of eternity. From the beginning of time, God already purposed everything and the main power the main motivation that moved them was love. Let's, let's break it down to a more personal level. Let me digress to another verse, Psalm 139. The psalmist David would say, Lord, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that. Full well. And verse 15 says, My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. Nung ginagawa ka pa lang ng Panginoon, hindi pa nagtatagpo ang nanay at saka ng, ang tatay mo. Hindi pa sila nag-honeymoon after their wedding. The Lord was already framing you. The Lord was already construct, constructing and molding your frame. And so, David would say, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And then this majestic line that says, And all the days for me were written in your book before one of them 
came to be. And in a, in a time of doxology, David would just burst out into this worship and he would say, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Lord, paanong kahit hindi pa ako binubuo, wala pang idea ng aking mga magulang kung na sila ay magtatagpo. Hindi pa nagtatagpo si Julio Baldo nagaling Hitaasan, Western Samar, at si L.B. Yebron nagaling sa Las Navas, Northern Samar, at hindi pa nabubuo ang University of Eastern Philippines. God already knew Giorgio Baldo. He already wrote down the days of my life even before one of them came to be. That is the beginning. That is the origin. That is where this love is coming from, mga kapatid. That God knows you so sovereignly, so providentially, so omnisciently. He knows every fiber of your life. He knows every beat of your heart. He has numbered the days ahead of you. He has numbered your very hair. He knows the details of your mind. He knows the motives of your heart. God knows you so well, and God loves you just the same. Maybe I can hear an amen in our chat boxes because of this truth. Where does that love come from? It comes from God Himself, from the very foundations of eternity. Let's go to the second question. Because as I said a while ago, He knew us, but He loved us just the same. The question is, what makes this love unique? What makes this love, this agapeic love, this God love so different from the other love narratives that we would hear in dramatic stories and in the love narratives of Hollywood and Filipino movies. Let's go to John 1 verse 9. It says, The true light that gives light to every man, to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Now the drama is making a turn. The plot of this divine narrative is making an, a turn in the a fork in the road na hindi natin nakita. Because you would agree, na kung ang Diyos ay pag-ibig at ginawa niya tayo sa pag-ibig, nararapat lamang na tayong kanyang mga nilikha will also respond back in love. Right? Wrong. Because God knew that the Adam that He was making, that He breathed His Ruach, His Numa into, would soon be rebelling against Him. And out of that first Adam would come a generation of people that would be so soaked in filth and sinfulness. So much so that even though they knew God, they did not recognize Him. Even though they knew the light of God, they rejected the light and preferred darkness over it. Let's go to John chapter 3. And John would say, this is the verdict. Ito ang hatol. Ito ang ending ng kasong to. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth 
comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what he has done has been done through God. Ang hatol is, God presented from the very foundations of eternity that everything he did was motivated by his nature and his nature is love. And because of that love, light has come upon men and that life was the life of men. But what did men do? What do we do still? We prefer the darkness. We prefer to hide in the darkness, to conceal our evil deeds, as if there's a place in this planet where we can hide from the careful gaze of God. Akala mo naman natin, matatakasan natin ang pag-ibig at ang paningin at pagsisiyasat ng Panginoon. But the Lord, even though He knew the propensity of man to sin, He still loved us. That's the uniqueness of this love. In human love, minamahal natin ang ating object of love dahil merong kamahal-mahal sa kanila. Eh kasi maganda. Eh kasi guwapo. Eh kasi mabait eh. Ang lambing. Eh kasi merong personality. Eh kasi gusto ko yung kanyang karakter. Eh kasi makapagmahal siya sa magulang at kung gusto mo raw malaman kung mamahalin ka ng asawa mo, tingnan mo kung paano niya tinatrato ang kanyang mga magulang. Inakikita e ko ang lambing niya sa kanyang mga magulang, alam kong tratatuhin niya ako ng tama, and he will become or she will become a good model for our future children. And that's why I love. That's why we love. It is always conditioned on that lovable attribute of the object of our affection. Would you love somebody na alam mong patapon ng buhay, alam mong durugista, Alam mong walang gagawing matinu sa'yo? Would you love somebody who even before your relationship began, you already knew, sasaktan niya lang, dudurugin niya lang ang puso mo, and in the end will kick you out and spite you and scorn you? Would you ever even risk your heart to be broken? Kahit ang mga taong martir, hindi ikaw ang kausap ko kapatid, pero kahit may mga taong sobrang malalim ang martyrdom complex, Yung mga tao magsasabing, hindi pastor, kahit masama siyang tao, bagbabago siya dahil sa pag-ibig ko. But when people already knew and would already foresee na merong mali sa pagkatao ng kanyang taong akala niya ay mabait ay hindi naman pala, many people would even back out days even before the wedding dahil nakita niya, hindi ito hahantong sa tama. Don't you know that God already saw the filth that is in our soul? That God in His foreknowledge, He already knew that one day we would reject Him, that we would walk away from Him, that we would, re- we would prefer the gods of this world over Him, that we would prefer the created beings instead of the Creator. God already knew this. And yet, the book of John would say, still the Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. This is a great divine riddle. Why, Lord? And John would say, we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and truth. Now, kung itatabi mo ang description kay Lord, the one and only, the only begotten Son of God, the one who is the very reflection of God. He's the Word of God that became flesh. Jesus, the Son of God. He's the very epitome. He's the very 
expression, the fullness of the glory of God. He's the personification of grace and truth. But he was coming into the world that is mired in sinfulness and rebellion and idolatry and lust and all other deeds of the evil nature. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not recognize him. That is what makes this love so unique. And I pray, my friends, in the anniversary of our church, as you look back to the life that you had 31 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, when you were not yet with the Lord, how you spited religious things, how you mocked people that were reading their Bibles, how you tried to hurt even people who were trying to share with you the Word of God, how you abused the graces of God in your life. If you'll just remember them, and still you will know that God's love is so stubborn that He never gave up on you. If you remember that, I pray that today you'll be driven down to your knees and worship God all the more. Just a cross-reference. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul would say, Oh, very rarely, very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let that word be seared into your soul today, kapatid. Kung mabait kang tao, baka meron pang magpakamartir para ibigay at ibuwis niya ang buhay niya para sa'yo. But for God, His love is so unique. His love is so transcendent. And that's why it's majestic. And that's why He's worthy of praise. Because while we were still sinners, in the midst of our sinfulness, in the midst of our utter rejection of who God is, Jesus chose to die for us. Question number three. So how was this love fulfilled? It was fulfilled through Jesus alone. We now come to the most famous verse in thy entire Christendom. For God so loved the world. This world that rejected Him, this world that walked away from Him, for God so loved the cosmos, the world, that He gave His one and only Son. That whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through Him. Let there be hallelujahs in your place today as we get reacquainted with this very much oft-quoted verse. Ganun na lamang ang pag-ibig ng Diyos. Sa sanlibutan, hindi alam kung anong kanan at kaliwa. Sa isang sanlibutan was like a leopard who could never change the spots in his skin. Sa isang sanlibutan na bulag. Sa isang sanlibutan na pinili na sambahin ang jablo instead of God who is worthy of praise. Still, God came into this world because of love. Because God saw that there was nothing any human being can do to save himself or herself. Kahit anong striving, kahit anong pabebe mo, kahit anong papogi mo, kahit anong pagiging relihiyoso mo, kapatid, hindi mo kayang dalhin ang iyong buhay, ang iyong kaluluwa palabas ng pagkakaalipin ng kasalanan sa buhay mo. All of us 
were once enslaved by sin. Our wills were not free. Ang ating kalooban ay nakatali, nakatanikala sa kasalanan, sa kumunoy ng kasalanan. And God knew there was only one way through whom and through which man could be saved. Not by religious rites, not by religious organizations, not by people who are just lifted and exalted by their religious organizations. There is only one name through whom man can be saved. And because God so loved the world, He gave that one and only person, that one and only son of His, not to condemn us, not to kick us even deeper into the mire of sin, but to give us hope and to remind us that in us, God created His divine workmanship, His masterpiece. That masterpiece that has been broken, that masterpiece that has been abused, yung masterpiece, yung obra maestro ng Panginoon na talagang nagkabasag-basag at nagkalumot-lumot at nakalimutan kung sino siya. But by God, he loved us, and just like John, he would say, But I am the beloved of the Lord. I am the disciple whom Jesus loved, despite of me, in spite of me, despite my life, in spite of my sinfulness, the Lord still loved me. And because of that, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. This love was fulfilled in Jesus, my friend. First John chapter 4, it's another epistle, but written by the same apostle. He says, whoever does not love, does not know God, because God is love. And this is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. And this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Take that again and let the Word of God minister unto you. Hindi mo minahalang Diyos. Wala tayong kakayanan na mahalin ng Diyos. Tayo ay lubog sa kasalanan. Tayo ay bulag nung unang panahon sa mga biyaya at mapagpalang kamay ng Panginoon. The only way to break that cycle of sin was for the Son of God to embody the sinfulness of the world so that upon the body of Jesus, the divine wrath will be satisfied. He received the punishment that was for us so that in His life, we can have eternal life with God. He was the atoning sacrifice for our sins. In illustrating this, this divine tug of war, and our soul was in the midst of it, Jesus would say in John chapter 10, another famous verse, you see, the thief, meaning the, the devil, the thief, comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy the main mission of Satan. I have come, Jesus would say, that they may have life and have it to the full. And by saying this, he introduced himself in one of the greatest I am statements. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And he differentiates himself from the hard hand. He says, the hard hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees, when the hard hand sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. And then the wolf attacks and the flocks and scatters it. The man runs away because he's hired. He's a hard hand and cares nothing for the sheep. 
Again, he reiterates, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Balikan natin ulit ang unang tanong. Where does this love come from? This comes from God. And God has His eye on you, my friend. Has His eye on us. And we are not just another creation. We are not just another figment of His imagination, although we are a product of His thoughts. He calls us His own. We are the sheep of His pasture. And when God assigns a role unto Himself, he says, I am not a hard hand. Because a hard hand, wala namang pakialam yan eh. Silduhan lang yan. Pag sinilduhan mo, magtatrabaho, pero pagdating na alas 5, clock out, bukas naman tayo mag-usap. But Jesus would say, I am not that kind of person. I am the good shepherd that because I know you are mine. And whenever I see the danger of the thief that comes in to kill, to steal, to destroy, I will be the one to face the thief to face that criminal, and instead of you, I will give my life. That is the extent of God's love for us, my friend. That is what makes His love unique. And in Jesus alone, the great shepherd of our soul, is this love fulfilled? Is this love being given the utmost expression? So how does this happen? Have you ever touched a dead person, kapatid? Have you ever been in the bedside of a person who just died. One peculiar thing that you will observe if you have touched a dead person's body or even a dead animal's body, a carcass, is that yung taong kanina lang ay humihinga at may hininga at may pintig ng puso. But the moment mag-flatline yan, the moment mag-dilate ang pupils nun, at the moment na tumigil ang kanyang lung sa paghinga, bilang mo lang ng ilang minuto, ang kanyang katawang dati ay mainit. Yung kanyang puso na dati ay nagre-race as it tried to grapple and wrestle with life. In just a matter of minutes, that body turns cold and rigid. That body remains lifeless. And that body now is unresponsive to any inputs or stimulus that would be given it. Kahit na i-kuryentihin ang mga doktor yan, aangat ang katawan yan, but hindi na yan revive If the person has flatlined for good, a dead person is unresponsive and that person is unable to get any impressions or to give away any impressions to others. And the Lord makes use of that analogy of a dead person to also recognize and illustrate the true state of a spiritually dead person. Pag isang tao ay malayo sa Panginoon at patay ang spirito, Ang preaching na katulad ng ganito ay katawa-tawa sa kanya. Ang cross is a foolishness to him. Ang pag-church ay isang bagay na pang mga nauuto lamang. Yan ang kanyang term dyan. Ang pagtatight ay para lamang sa mga tao nagpapaloko sa tithing system. Because every spiritual thing is spiritually discerned. And the person who is spiritually dead, just like the body that is dead, is never responsive to songs, to the Word, to the very presence of God in his life. But if you experience the resurrection from the dead, just like Lazarus, when the Lord's Word rang out in that burial place, Lazarus, come out! 
and the body started warming up and the heart started beating and the soul returned to the body of Lazarus, Lazarus was different, was a different person from that moment on. It's the same with people that are resurrected, people that are given back life. All of a sudden, the scales of blindness, yung kabulagan nawawala. Yung dating tenga, yung tengang dating hindi nakakarinig at hindi nakaka-appreciate sa mensahe ng Diyos. Ngayon, halos araw-araw, gusto mo nalang basahin ay Bible. Gusto mo nalang palaging basahin ay ang mga counsel ng Panginoon sa kanyang kasulatan. Dati gusto mo lang palagi puro mga secular music. Today, you cannot stop humming and singing the songs of praise that exalt and magnify the name of Jesus. Why? Because something happened deep inside you. So to again answer that question, how was this love fulfilled? Let's go back to John. There was this man named Nicodemus. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs that you are doing if God were not with him. So in reply, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Now how can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Oh, you should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You have to be born again. And only the Spirit of God, only the blood of Jesus, only the power of God can make this happen. It is a spiritual thing. You have to be regenerated in your soul. Because that soul, if left unregenerated, that soul will remain unresponsive for the rest of eternity. And that soul, even right now, Jesus would say, those that doesn't believe in the name of the Son of God, even right now, is already condemned. Ang isang taong patay, ang katawan... Ng taong patay. There's another power that is work that is at work in there, and you know this. It's the power of decomposition. It's the power of decay. Kung hindi mo imbalsam ang taong namatay, in just a matter of 24 hours, mangangamoy na ng malansa. Kahit na mahal sa buhay mo yan, pag hindi yan imbalsam mo, hindi mo yun lalapitan. Because decomposition, decay, will have started. Ganun din ang taong patay sa spirito. You are decaying already. You're already bound for condemnation. And Jesus Christ said, I have come not to condemn, but to save. Jesus gave his life, empowered us by the Holy Spirit so that we will be born again. And this is how that love is fulfilled in you and me. Amen? Which brings me to the last question. So what does this love oblige us to do? Ano ang ngayon ang pinapagawa sa atin ng pag-ibig nito? Ngayong alam na natin kung saan nagsimula. At alam na natin kung gaano ka-unique, ka-powerful ang love nito. At kung paano ito na-fulfill sa Panginoon. What does this love oblige us to do? Just four things. And let the Word of God speak to you. John chapter 13. First, obligation. First imperative. First command. This is what we read a while ago. Jesus says, John 13, 34. A new command I give you. 
Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Because by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Lighthouse family, as we conclude this sermon, the imperative of the Lord is now that we have experienced and we continue to experience the love of God. The love of God that is from eternity to eternity. The love of God that is unconditional, so agapeic. The love of God that is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Now we are obliged to love one another. Ipagpatuloy natin ang pagmamahala natin sa loob ng simbahan. And the overflow of this love, we will have so much store, storage of this love that we can reach out to those that are yet to be born again. For those that are still languishing in the prison of darkness. That every evangelism effort that we make is born, is motivated out of love. Kung anong naranasan natin sa Panginoon, di ba gusto rin nating maranasan ng iba? Love one another. As I have loved you, Jesus would say. So you must fulfill that law of love to others. Because if the world right now is wondering, Ano bang ibig sabihin ng discipleship? Ano bang ibig sabihin ng pagiging Christian? Ano bang ibig sabihin ng pagiging born again? Alam mo yung word na born again, ginawa ng, ano yan, ginawa ng relihiyon ng maraming tao yan. Sasabihin, ay, hindi na ako ganun yan. Born again na kasi ako. O sasabihin sa'yo, ayoko na sa'yo dahil born again ka na. Para bang naging negative tagline, no? But you see, my friend, being born again is an adverb. It is a description of a status of your life. That once you were blinded, once you were dead, once you were so far away, but now you can see, now you're alive, now you have been found by God. So what do you do? Love others. What does this love oblige us to do? Second imperative, obey. If you love me, said the Lord, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. Obedience now marks the life of a true disciple. And the word of God says, we have the counselor, we have the power of the Holy Spirit that now lives in us. That very presence of the Holy Spirit that we now know, we are now sensitive to. The rest of the world, the blinded world, they don't recognize that. That's why they brand the Christians in so many different mockeries. But for us that have been indwelt by the presence of the Holy Spirit, ramdam natin yun. Kaya nagpapatawad. Kaya nakaka-move on. Kaya nakakangiti sa gitna ng lahat ng mga pagsubok. Kaya nakakabangong muli mula sa pagkakalugmok. Kaya nakakapag-yes tayo kay Lord. Kung dati ang ating priority ay ang ating sariling kaligayahan, ang ating sariling katanyagan. Today, we can obey God even when we go through sufferings of many different troubles. We can still obey God because God says, I have given you and I will continue to give you the Comforter, the Holy Spirit who now lives in us. Lighthouse family, in 31 years, we have seen what God can do through obedient people. What God can do in His church that is obedient to His call, to His voice. I ask you, I implore you in the power of the Word of the Lord, 
obey God at all times. Not me, not my words. Obey the word of the Lord. If it's spoken by a faithful pastor, by all means, obey. But should there be a cultic figure in Lighthouse, nang sasabihin, ako na ang sundin ninyo dahil ako na ang son of God. Alam mong ililigaw ka ng taong yan. Nasa kanya na ang glory. By all means, rebuke that kind of preacher and move us far away from those false apostles and false teachers. But if you know God, you will obey Him because the witness of the Spirit is upon your life. Thirdly, third imperative, what does this love oblige us to do? Jesus would now say, John 15, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Let's apply this vine-attached life. And it's a picture that God would now tell us. It's like the branches themselves don't bear fruit by its own power. The branches, yung mga sanga they don't have to strive for the sun and for the air just for them to bear fruit. The only role of the branch is to make sure naka-attach as a vine because in the vine is life. And for as long as you're attached to the vine, you will bear fruit. The same with spirituality. The same with Christianity, Lighthouse family. Manatili tayo at manahan tayo in the very presence of the Lord. He is the great vine of our lives. Without Him, we are utterly nothing. We will be cast out. We will be hopeless. We will be lost. But if we remain in Him, Lighthouse family, if we remain in Jesus, we will be bearing fruit and that fruit will last because that fruit will not just be out of our human power, not just out of our human intelligence. That fruit is born of the Spirit and that fruit will last forever. And lastly, what does this love oblige us to do? John 17. Jesus now says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The imperative here is unity, mga kapatid. Katulad nakikita nating pagiging isa ng ama, ng anak, at ng Espiritu Santo. Yun din ang pagkakaisang niloloob ng Diyos, inuutos ng Diyos sa kanyang mga anak. That just as He and His Father is one, are one, we, as His followers, we will always be in complete unity. Again, the basis of this is love. And I thank God that for 31 years, from Pastor Chalk to Daddy Q to Pastor Albert, Brother Peter Kairou, Sister Christine Kairou, all our elders in Lighthouse, we have always exhibited amongst the pastors such unity, oneness of mind and heart. It doesn't mean that we don't argue. It doesn't mean that we don't disagree in certain points because we do. That's part of healthy life. But at the end, we come together in one thought, in one prayer, serving only one God and in the unity of the body of Christ. The Lord bestows His blessings, commands His life forevermore. Lighthouse family, 
Let me review these imperatives. What does this love oblige us to do? Love one another. Obey God's commandment. Let's have vine-inspired living attached to the vine and exercise unity at all times. And rightfully, the Gospel of John ended when the Lord restored Peter. And in that moment of restoration, the Lord asked Peter three times, Do you love me? And in this part, Peter was already hurt because Jesus already asked him the third time, Do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, Then feed my sheep. The very church, the very sheep that Jesus died for. Kayo ngayong tagapangalaga ng simbahan ng Panginoon. I am addressing you, fellow pastors. I am addressing you, my fellow elders. The church is so holy. The church is so sublime. The church is so priceless. Because the very life of the Son of God was sacrificed for the sake of the church. What do we do now? Now that we know that everything that God has done was motivated and will be motivated by love. Now that we know that this love is so unique. Now that we know that in Jesus we find the fulfillment of this love. And now that we remain in Jesus. The Word of God says, feed my sheep. Take care of the flock that I have entrusted unto you. And I pray that for the next 31 years, we in Lighthouse will be proven faithful and true by our Father. Magmula pa sa ugat ng ating lahi ang naging tapat na ang Panginoon. Magmula pa sa simula ng ating buhay, naging tapat na, naging mapagmahal na ang Diyos. Hindi siya kailanman nagkulang sa kanyang mga anak. Ang ating obligasyon, ang ating response, ang ating pagtugon sa lahat ng ginawa sa atin ng Panginoon ay ang mahalin siya ng buong puso at mahalin ng mga taong inilagak niya sa ating pangangalaga. We shall not do this out of our own strength, but only by the faithfulness of God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Asahan, 
kang lagi maging hanggang wakas nitong buhay. Kaya, O Diyos, ikayaki Sa buong mundo'y aking awitin Dakilang iyong katapatan Pag-ibig mo'y walang hanggan Dakila ka, O Diyos, tapat ka ngang Mula pa sa ugat ng aming nai Mundo'y magunaw man Aasahan kang lagi Maging hanggang wakas nitong buhay Nakila ka o Diyos sa habang panahon Katapatan mo'y matibay na sandigan Sa bawat bighati tagumpay man ay naroon Daluyan ang pag-asa kung kailang ay hinahot Pag-ibig mo'y alay sa kinoon Hallelujah, hallelujah. Salamat po Panginoon sa inyong dakilang katapatan. Sa habang panahon naming nilakbay, Panginoon, kayo po ay palaging matibay, namuog at sandigan ng inyong mga anak. Sa mga pigating aming pinagdaanan, Panginoon, or maging sa katagumpayan na aming naranasan, kayo ang daluyan ng pag-asa. Kayo ang pinagkukuhanan namin ng kapayapaan sa mga panahong nangangailangan kami ng kahinahunan. Panginoon, ang pag-ibig nyo ang inalay nyo sa inyong mga anak. Ang pag-ibig nyo na siyang sandigan ng inyong dakilang katapatan. Panginoon, today we say, dakila ka, O Diyos. Dakila ka, O Diyos, tapat kang tunay. Magmula pa sa ugat ng aming lahi. Church, This is such a beautiful song to cap this message on love. Magmula pa sa ugat ng ating lahi. Question number one that we asked a while ago. Where did this love come from? This is the love that is older than the sea. This is the love that will be there long after the stars have burned away. God will still be there. 
Question number two, what makes this love so unique? Because this love is sacrificial. This love is willing to give the very body and the very blood of the very Son of God. How was this love fulfilled? Because Jesus finished His work on the cross. He fulfilled all scriptures. He willingly laid down His life because He knew He was the only perfect sacrificial lamb that would take away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. Let out a shout of praise in your places today. Just embrace that loved one of yours. Nakasama mo ngayon sa online worship. Or just give your hallelujahs unto the Lord. The depth, the unfathomable mysteries of this love of God has been revisited by us today by the power of the preaching of His Word. We have been reminded once again that in Jesus, all of this has been finished. All of this has been accomplished. Jesus came to earth, died for us in the cross. But that's at the end of this story. On the third day, Jesus rose again. Jesus alone was a perfect sacrifice. Jesus alone was a spotless, sinless Lamb of God. And His propitiation, His atoning sacrifice was the only one acceptable unto God. And so on the third day, the Lord our Father exerted that power, pronounced that power upon the lifeless body of Jesus Christ and raised Him back to life. This resurrected Savior, the Apostle John touched and the Apostle John dined with and the Apostle John heard from. And this resurrected Savior, the Apostle John, along with the other disciples, saw as Jesus ascended and was exalted into the heavenlies. And now we know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. From that place of love, the Lord now watches over us. He has not left us orphans. He gave us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we will know we are never orphans. Lighthouse family, for 31 years, the Lord has never left us orphans. Yes, we have gone through the many different challenges, the many different phases, the many different stages of church life. Some have moved on, some have passed on. But we thank God that even if our former churchmates are no longer with us, they are now serving in different capacities in the different churches in the body of Christ, we still bless God in the memory of our fellowship with them. That the Apostle Paul would say, I would thank God every time I remember you. And so if you are here, you're watching, and you are formerly actively working and serving Lighthouse, we thank you for the friendship that we have still maintained through these years. And we thank God for those who have passed on and have gone before us because they are now the cloud of witnesses that are now surrounding us and cheering us on. But today, I address you, my beloved Lighthouse family. Those of you that have remained, those of you that have stayed put, those of you that have decided that Lighthouse will be your home church, your home family, that Lighthouse is a place where you will be a living stone and a place where you will grow for the glory of God. I thank you for the place
partnership that we have in the proclamation of the gospel from day one until now. In behalf of the pastors and the rest of the elders, we cannot thank enough Lighthouse family. If you're watching and this is your very first time, we are wanting you to be part of this community as well so that in the richness of life in the community that God has established, you, my friend, as well, will experience how it is to be truly loved by God and how it is to be an instrument to love others as well. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the 31 years that you have given Lighthouse. When you have sparked that flame in the heart of Pastor Chuck, when you have passed on that torch to Pastor Albert, when you have passed, Lord, to the present generation of leaders, the vision is still the same. It is about us being a lighthouse of loving community and a storehouse of enriching ministries for the harvest of the nation and the nations so that we can share Jesus and make disciples to the ends of the earth. Father, we thank you for the sustaining grace. Magmula sa simula ng aming lahi 31 years ago dito sa Lighthouse. Hanggang ngayon at sa mga susunod pang salin lahi, Panginoon, alam namin ang inyong pag-ibig ay hindi kailanman mawawala. Ang pagyakap ninyo ang siyang magiging kalakasan ng inyong mga anak. And so today, Father, with the rest of the community, we bow to you in thanksgiving and worship. Holy Spirit, continue to do that which only you can do as we give back the praises and glory and honor to you alone, our Father in heaven. In the name of Jesus, our King. Lift up your hands wherever you are and may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift His countenance towards you. And may the Lord grant you His peace. As we continue walking with our God who is a God of love forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, Lighthouse family. Happy anniversary 